Amen. Amen. I got to set a timer. <laughs> right off the bat. So I know what I'm, what I'm working with. So all is good to be in the Father's love, ain't it? Ain't nothing like it. You know, we get to enjoy that in heaven. You know, we get a little taste of it here. But when, when we get to heaven, we'll have a fullness of that. You know? And it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. So I'm just going to pray first. Um, just wanted to declare something out right that I really do feel. The devil is a liar. I'll just say one more time. The devil is a liar. That's what Jesus said, right? He's been alive from the what? Very beginning. And in him, there is no truth. So every shame, rejection, condemnation, all that stuff. All those are lies from the enemy. They're now your inheritance. I just thought I needed to say that. So I'm just going to pray. Father, we just say arise this morning, Daddy. And let all your enemies scatter out of this place. May your marvelous light just drop down in the midst of us. Into our hearts, into our minds. Let every darkness be absolutely dispersed out of our hearts, out of our minds, out of this place. Let every demonic presence that wants to cause any destruction leave right now. Father, we welcome the open heaven. We welcome the angels of heaven, Lord, your, those angels, Father, that you want to send to help us today. We welcome the saints who are watching. We say, hey, and thank you for watching us. And Jesus, we thank you for your marvelous cross and your precious blood. For by it, we can stand rightfully and bold before the Father this morning. Hmm. Hmm. Let that just sink in a little bit. Mm. And Holy Spirit, we want your presence. We love your presence. Manifest yourself today, Holy Spirit. We give you full permission to do as you please here, Holy Ghost. Walk through me your words that you have, that you want to speak to all of us today, Father. And we all say it. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> now, I got some long scriptures today. And I'll send the Lord, should I, should I cut them out? And the Lord said, no. So, today you're going to get to read and soak in the word quite a bit. You know. And this is based on some that the Lord has been speaking to me at least the past year. And he started from a dream. And when I had the dream, I'd even, you know, at that time, as a church, we were actually going through some serious stuff during that time. And I didn't know how relevant the dream was or even the timing of it. But I found out recently that the time is now for it. The time is now for it. So, Denise, if you don't mind putting this scripture up there, that's uh, Numbers 13. Paul, this will be the lengthiest one that you, that you read today. This is in the LNLT version, which I love. 
And, uh, you know, this is when uh, Moses sent out the men into the promised land to go scout it out. And here's some of the report that we'll read today. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and, and the whole community of Israel, a Kadesh in the wilderness of Aaron. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We enter the land you sent us to explore, and it's indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. I just want you to keep that in mind. A land flowing with milk and honey, a bountiful country. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and the towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can suddenly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants to the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they are. I mean, that's what they thought too. <laughs> then the whole community began whipping out and they cried all night. I mean, that's some serious drama right there. <laughs> I mean, when you're crying all night, you know that's a bad day. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If we had only died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to a country only to have us die in battle? Our wives, our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Will it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothes. They say to all the people of Israel, the land we travel through and explore is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Second time. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Whew. Man, watch out now. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier, I mean, into a nation greater matter than you are. Hmm. I just want that to sink in a little bit. Now, this is a word of encouragement. This is not to bring condemnation 
or anything like that. But it is to bring a reality of what the Father really expects out of our own hearts. So here's the dream that I dreamt. And this, I think this was a couple years ago. In the dream, it was all of us river life. We're all together. I remember seeing like Ronald Baumgartner and a few other, Byron, you know, Matthew, uh, Ryan Mead. And then there was a bunch of other people that some of the faces I don't remember as well. But, <clears throat> but in the dream, we're about to go explore this city. Okay. Explore this marvelous big city. And as we were walking towards the city, we could see the huge skyscrapers. I mean, they were tall, they were huge, they were big. And, uh, and as we were walking through, I knew in my heart we're entering the land of the giants. Just because those buildings were not even normal in size. So I didn't say anything, but I just made that observation. I said, Lord, there's giants in here. So we explored the land, then came back. And when we came back, you know, dreams are kind of weird sometimes. When we came back, we're back in the church building. And uh, Byron was standing in the very front, and Matthew's next to him, and I was kind of in the midst of the crowd towards the back. And somebody said, I don't think we can go to that land because it has giants in it. And all of a sudden, the person that said that, all, you know what I mean, this wave of doubt and fear started sweeping right through. And I'm sitting back there just praying and crying out to the Lord. And Byron's heart was up here trying his best to encourage the people. He said, do not lose heart. This is not time to lose heart. Because we've gone through so much. We can absolutely conquer this land. We can take this city. We can take this city because the Lord is with us. But yet there's still division that started happening in the midst of us and i remember going within the crowd and i'll grab people and i will shake them and i'll yell into their belly and say this is not the time to lose heart this is not the time to have fear and doubt enter your heart because you've gone through so much because the lord truly is with us the lord truly is with us and there's many signs and wonders that the lord has performed in the midst of our congregation Though yet, these battles we've lost, but still, the victory is ours, because the Lord is with us. And that was the end of the dream. So, Lord help me, because there's a lot, there's a lot of cover, but I'm going to try to compress as much as I can. So, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so here's, here's something that the Holy Spirit brought up. He said, there is two testimonies that you can believe. Okay? When you look at the report, even from what we read, those two testimonies going out, right? There was a testimony that said what? We cannot. These are giants. We should die here. There's another testimony which is Joshua and Caleb that were saying what? We can absolutely take this land because those people that we see in that land are pray. They're like pray for us. See, that's why it says that Caleb was a man of a different spirit. Even later on in his years, 
He said he was probably like in his 80s while he was in the promised land conquering. He said, I still feel as young as when I had that word before. You see, the thing is this. We call to be a people with a different kind of a spirit. Not the same spirit as is in the world. Not the same spirit that looks with natural eyes and says there's no way we can. That is a form of pride, just to let you know. Because what you're saying is this. From my experience, from what I just said, this is impossible. But yet there is a greater testimony that we have. So let's check this out real quick. Let's look at the first testament, right? It says this. A rich land, a bountiful land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now this part I just want to touch just a little bit. Milk and honey. You know what Paul said? Crave the word. Say that again. The milk or the word. So for me, the milk represents the word of God itself, right? Hearing his voice, hearing his very words. And then the honey itself represents what? Revelation of what the word of the Lord that he's speaking at that moment. Meaning that we're able to apply that which we hear. So when he says, when the word says, listen, this land flows with milk and honey. It's a promise that the Lord is saying, this is a place that I'm bringing you to where you can hear my voice and have revelation so that you may have life in you. He said the promised land, sometimes we, with our natural thinking, we just think, well, maybe it's just a piece of land somewhere that we're supposed to go possess. No, it's a spiritual representation of various different kind of promises that the Father has spoken to us. Okay. Then he goes on and says, the people who live in the land, though they are large and powerful, they are prey. That is the first testimony. Now, let's hear the second testimony, right? Okay, if, if you can put Numbers 13, 31 there again. And it says, but the other man who would explore the land with, with him disagreed. He says, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. There, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought Two. Two testimonies that we have. You see, from the time when the Father speaks what he has for you, at that moment you have two choices. You have a choice to make, right? A choice to make at that very moment, which is what? You can either take the first testimony or you can take the what? Second testimony. Totally our choice. 
And obviously, if you read the rest of those scriptures, the result was not the best result for the Israelites that chose the second testimony. But I'm here to declare that we are not a people of the second testimony. We are not a people of the second testimony. We are people of the first testimony. We are a people of the first testimony. See, I feel the Holy Spirit wants to inject a boldness, a confidence in us. That that which the Father has spoken to us, that he will absolutely fulfill. Regardless of what kind of giants or whatever, whatever it is that you're looking at in front of you. Your circumstances cannot dictate what the Father says. That's why he says over and over again in Hebrews, do not harden your what? Your voice. I mean, do not harden your what? Your heart when you hear his voice. Like who? Like the people in the wilderness who believed in which kind of testimony? Second testimony. Mercy, Lord. <laughs> Mercy, Lord. Help us, Lord. You see, you cannot allow fear and doubt. To really rob you from God's promises. Because it will. Like it will. Fear and doubt will absolutely rob you of everything that God gives you. Because when you look at the Israelites. Here they are. They have seen a witness, the Father's hand from Egypt through the wilderness, mighty signs and wonders and miracles, provision after provision after provision. But yet, when they heard and saw doubt and fear enter their heart, they hardened their hearts from what the Father said, and the next thing you know is they died in the wilderness. Do not die in the wilderness, my people. Do not die in the wilderness. That is not our inheritance. See, Proverbs 29, 25 says this. This is the NIV version. Sometimes, you know, that's what I used to read before, so I mix it up. Say, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That's the word. I'm not going to try to expound on that. If you look at Hebrews. Chapter 10, starting from verse 32. This is still in the NIV also. I'm going to read this out. And as I read it, you can take yourself and put yourself in those shoes. And think about all the stuff you've been through. Even though you might not mention it here. But you know yourself, the stuff that you've been through. Yes? You can testify to yourself. So he goes on and says this. It says, remember... Those earlier days, 
after you have received the light, when you endure a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you are publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who are so treated. You suffer along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of, you will receive. So there is no way of you getting to your promise without having to go through some fights in between. For whatever reason, that's how the Father has purposed it in his will. Not my will, in his will. Here's Jesus in the garden knowing that he's about to die. And he looks, about, he looks at what he's supposed to be doing for mankind from what the Father is asking him. And he cries out and he says what? If, if, if he will take, but, no mind but, yours be done. You see, we can understand something. When he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans to what? Prosper you, right? That means in the Father's timeline, in the Father's wisdom, in the Father's heart, he has specific plans that he's put out for us. The plans that he has for the Israelites is to go into the promised land, possess a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that flows with the word of God and the revelations of God. That was the inheritance. That is the plan that the Father had for them. You see, it's not a matter of what we want to do. You see, that's where it gets confusing. People get messed up in that place. Like in a bad way. I mean, because you start going, what are my passions? What am I supposed to do? Da, 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 da. I mean, it's all I, 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 I. What happened to what Jesus said in the prayer? He said what? My father who is in? Go ahead, go ahead. Holy be your name, right? Your, did he say my kingdom come? He said whose kingdom? Yours. This is Jesus teaching the disciples saying, listen, this is how you ought to pray. Say, my father who is in heaven. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is. What are those things? What are those things? He said there's something that God wanted to establish by possessing the promised land. He wanted to establish a place where he can have a habitation. Anyways, I'll let that sink in. Mercy, Lord. So let me finish that. So you need to persevere so that you, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And by, come on, help me out. But. We'll live and
That's just the word. I'm not, this is not the African's words, okay? <laughs> I mean, because there is something when the Lord performs such signs and wonders and miracles that you've seen in your own life over and over and over and over and over. And then when it comes time for where he says, now nah, it's time for you to possess that which I've always had for you. All of a sudden, you start having fear and doubt. You start going, oh, Lord, them giants, man. I can't go in there. That's shrinking back. That's shrinking back. That's what I said before. The devil is a liar. And anything that he wants to, he wants to make sure that you don't enter that. Because in each time you enter into your promise, that means he's lost something. He loses. And he loses big time. Because that which he tries to hold on to is already not his anymore. Anyways. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's talk about this faith thing, right? Just a little bit. So he says faith is what? It's substance, right? Man says confidence. Substance, right? Well, now, what is substance? Got me something, right? Something real, right? Because it can't be substance if not real. But see, faith is a substance. Something real. See, here's the deal. When, how is faith acquired? Faith comes by? Okay, hearing what? All right. I think we're getting somewhere. Remember what it says in Hebrews. Today if you hear his voice, do not what? Okay. Faith is a... And faith comes by hearing thee. Okay. Anybody... Anybody catching this yet? All right. Well, I'm going to get deeper into it just a little bit. You see, here's the thing. For, you, for us to receive Jesus by faith, there had to be a substance that came from God himself so that we're able to what? Hear and see our need for Christ so that we can receive the inheritance of what? Salvation. Yes? Yes? Okay. Okay, yes. Oh, Lord, help me. So faith itself is a substance that comes from God that he imparts in you. Because you hear him speak. And the moment that he speaks and you hear that promise that he's speaking to you. Okay, once you hear that and then you say it, that substance becomes real in you. Because it's something that is real, that is alive, that is there. Just the same way Christ Jesus himself was what? The fullness of God the Father, right? When he walked this earth. Christ was the manifestation of the invisible God. That which was invisible was made visible in Christ, right? That God that was invisible was made visible 
in Christ. Like you could see the substance that was in the Father manifestly in the flesh. You see, the promises are the same way. You look at the promise, you hear it. The Father imposed that faith into your heart. Guess what our job is? Is it the faith part or the believing part? The believing. The believing is our job. The faith, that comes from God. There is no way I have the knowledge of really understanding, hey, I need salvation without what? The conviction of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said it himself. Nobody can come to the Father by what? Me. Through him, right? And then on top of that, he said what? Nobody can come to Jesus other than the Father draws him. That is the faith part. It's a substance that comes from God. We get confused because we feel like we need to prime or pump our faith up or do something, something. That is not really it. The faith comes from the God himself where he speaks that which he wants to give to you. Our part is the believing part where no matter what comes there, the fear, the doubt, which is contrary to what the Father has spoken to you, should not be received. You set a guard upon that which the Father has promised you, so no matter what comes, you know my Father spoke this, this is true, and I'm going to see manifest in this realm. Yes? Okay. Okay, Lord. Able drifting with me on that one? Able catching on? I'm sure this is not one of those fiery messages. <laughs> but I really thought there's some substance that the Father really wanted to impart to us today. Okay. I'm serious. You know, you're not supposed to, I know the Holy Spirit said this. For every person that came here today that sits in that seat where you're sitting right now, he knew you're going to be here right now. He knew you're going to be hearing this same message. So the expectation of the Holy Ghost is you're not going to leave the same way you came in. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not supposed to leave the same way you came in. Because the Holy Ghost wants to impart a confidence and a boldness of assurance that that which the Father has spoken will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass, period. Because listen, he said this to Abraham, right? I mean, we look at Hebrews. He did, when he made a promise to Abraham, was there anybody else to swear by? No, he said he swore by who? By himself. Right? Because there's nobody greater. Okay, so he swore by himself because there's nobody else greater than him. So he said, you know what? Ah, I can't find Abel. But here, blessed assurance. Here's what I'm going to speak to you, Abraham. And he spoke that word to Abraham, right? That you're going to be a father of many nations, right? I'm going to bless you with a child of the promise. Yes? And you see that. You see the evidence in the word. Well, of what the Father spoke to Abraham. We have a full report. 
We have a full testimony that God is absolutely faithful, that that which he begun, he will finish, and that which he promised, he will absolutely make sure that he comes to pass. Because we sit in the life of Abraham. We sit in the life of Abraham. That is my confidence. That's the evidence. The evidence. The evidence that the Father is faithful. That's the evidence that the Father is faithful. That is the evidence that the Father is faithful. He is faithful, people. He is faithful, people. That is the report and that is the testimony. He is faithful. You see, when it comes to the promises of God, that which he's spoken to us, you see, there's promises that we're going to get here in the land of the living, and there's promises that we get when we enter into that place in the heavenly place. There's some that are reserved there, the some are for now, the some are for later. My job is just to believe that the Father is good, and that which he wants to give me here, he will absolutely give me here. So I don't have to fear, I don't have to fret, I don't have to strive. Even the believing part, it's a resting part. It's, a, it's, it's resting in the assurance that he who said that part will accomplish it, he will do it. Because I have testimony in the word. You see, when, when he came to Abraham himself, if you notice, he did receive an immediate promise, right? Who was what? Isaac. Yes? That was an immediate one. But there was another promise, which is what? I'll make you father of many nations. So when he died, did he see the many nations? No. But I'm sure he's sitting in heaven going, oh, my goodness, that African is part of my family. Look at that. I'm a father of many nations. So there's some promises that for now, here, in this present time, in this living world that we're in, and then there's, an, there's other promises for when we enter into that place. So do not be discouraged. The only thing that you're responsible for is believing that which he's spoken. And that which is in the word. Period. Okay. Mercy, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. This is good. I'm talking myself too. As I'm speaking to him, I'm encouraging myself. Everybody good? Lord Jesus. Let's go back to uh, Josh and Caleb. I love those two people. <laughs> They're my kind of people. <laughs> Here are these two awesome men of God that have witnessed all those signs and wonders and miracles that they've seen in the wilderness. That stayed with Moses, that witnessed the power of God, that been in the presence of God. And they're the only among all, among all the Israelites. They're the ones that believed. They're the ones that believed what God has said. Because when Caleb is shouting and saying, let us go take this land. This is Caleb. Let's go take it. We can. We can. Because God is with us. We can. Let's go. 
I'm sure when you look at, let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 32 real quick. Okay, 32.30, it says this. How could one person chase a thousand? I got five more minutes, people. Okay, he goes, how could one person chase a thousand of them and two put ten thousand to flight? Unless what? Their rock had sold them unless the Lord had given them up. Now, just this isn't Deuteronomy. This is before numbers. So they hear this testimony, right? Here's Caleb, here's Joshua. They hear this, this word being spoken. And when it came time to possess the land, they go, I remember that testimony, which is what? Right there. I remember that testimony right here. How could it be that one point? If that's the situation, that means the Lord has given them up. It's a done deal. I'm just trying to take you back so you don't think that these people were so supernatural. They just believe the testimony of what they read or being in the presence. And they say, you say this, I'm believing it. Let's go take the land. Okay. Sheikaboa bam, Lord. You see, when God asks you to do something, he will also equip you to do it, right? He's not a bad father, man. I mean, he, he's not going to say, let's go conquer the land. And then he pushes you out there and says, oh, snap, them giants are big. Go ahead. I'll be, I'll be way back here. You go ahead, man. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. That, whoa, that did, not, that did not go good. Who's next? <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. But the word says what? Every good gift comes from the father. Every good gift. So that which he was going to give the Israel was a good gift. It was good even though he had all those giants. Anyways. You see, when I say God equips us, he calls us. And then he says, I'm going to give you all the necessary stuff that you need for that season I'm calling you into. He might not seem like it. He might not seem like it at the time. Because you have to learn how to use those weapons. That which he gives you, you have to, that's the part of the adventure of discovering. Anyways. So here we go. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians. Okay. 2 Corinthians 10, starting from verse 3. It says this. This is the, the New King James Version. I got this one from Byron. For one, I can own a Byron on that one. He goes. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against what? The flesh, right? I don't know if it's up there now. Okay. But I'll read it anyways. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down stronghold, casting down arguments, and, and every high thing that what? That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You see, God gave them a command, go take the what? The promised land, right? He was asking for the Israelites to be obedient.
obedient to go and do what he asked. Do you see what I'm saying? To go do what he asked. Oh, my goodness, Lord. You see, when I, when I read this scripture, I think about, when I think about Joshua and Caleb, they understood that the weapons they had are not normal weapons. Okay? They're not normal weapons. Okay. Let's keep on going here real quick. I'm almost done. Okay. Let's check this out. I'll just give you the example of Joshua himself. So here's Joshua, right? Finally, after the report and all that stuff, all the other Israelites die in the wilderness, right? He said, from this age and under, those will be, those will stay alive. Because they will be, they'll be the ones that will possess the land. See, God is not unjust in what he does. So, now it comes for time for them to enter into that which the fathers always have for them. And, jo- and God starts speaking to Joshua and says this. Can you put Joshua chapter 1? It says this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses' assistant, he said, my, my, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to leave these people. The Israel crossed the Jordan River, make his message, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what? I'll let that just speak for itself. Whatever you say your food will be on land, I have from the Negev wilderness to the south, to the uh, Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River to the east of the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to as long as you, for I will be as I was with I will not fail you or what? What did Jesus say? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will send the gift of the Father who is going to be where? With you. A little bit. He's going to be with you forever. He said that. The words of Jesus. Not the African. The words of Jesus. He will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is God. So he's saying... God himself will come and indwell you and he will be with you forever until the end of time, period. Until the end of time. Let's go on. Here's a command. It says what? Be strong and for you are the one who will what? Lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Be strong and he repeats it twice. Okay? Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turning either to the right or to the left. Then what? Successful in everything that you do. Study what? This book of instruction continually. Meditating in what? Day and night. So that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. So obedience is a big deal. Only then will you what? Prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is what? Okay. Just... 
You say it out of your mouth, right? This is what? What is the command? It, does that sound like it's optional? Jesus said two commands I give to you, right? Love the Lord with all, the, all you have, with everything that you have. And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commands, right? So here's another command that says what? And do not be afraid or for is that's the word that's our father's testimony I will be with you wherever you go and when they enter the promised land that's exactly what the father did so let me just give you a small example of this weapon Okay, this weapon or weapons, but I'll pick one weapon. Who in the world will shout and yell and blow trumpets and see a whole entire wall come down? What kind of weapons are those? They blow the natural mind. I mean, they're sitting there marching, right? March this many times, march this many times, and then when you're done, do this again, then blow the trumpets, and then after that, scream and yell at the top of your lungs, and the walls came down. See, when it says he'll be with you, that's exactly what it means. There's no other weird interpretation. He just says he'll be with you. And I believe the Father's word should be good enough. See what I'm saying? So you don't have to have, you don't have to pump your faith. That, he gives you that substance. Our part is believing. Believing that which he said himself. So I just want to finish with this. Second Timothy. It says what? It's starting from chapter one. It says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong where? In you. This is why I remind you to what? This spiritual gift God gave you when I lay my hands on you. For God has what? And, but, and, and. Amen. That's all I had to say. The end. This was an incredible word. But I want to just say one thing about one of the things that, uh, that was not true in the Bible. This was not true. Truly stated, not a statement of truth. When they said, we looked like grasshoppers in their eyes, and they saw that too, that was a lie. Because fast forward 40 years to when they go and Joshua sends in two spies because he knows not to send in ten. Only two come back with a good report, so he sends in two. And what did Rahab say to them? It's been 40 years since that day. And yet she said, our people's heart melted within us. Our knees shook. We basically, we peed our pants when we heard that you were coming 40 years later. It didn't matter that 40 years had gone by. They were still scared to death because they believed 
what the Israelites' God could do for the Israelites. The Israelites didn't believe it, but they believed it. So our enemies that we think are laughing at us and we're cowering before them, that's not the truth. The truth is that they're cowering before our God, not before us, but before our God. And 40 years later, when they went in and took it, they still knew the power of God. I mean, it's just that that's the incredible testimony that we fear, but our enemies know. Our enemies know our God. That's good. Just want you men to stand up for the men in here. I, it's interesting the things that um, happen in the prayer room before we come in. I really felt a word this morning about breaking timidity off men and fear. And it, I got it right out of the scripture, Timothy. And I feel like the Lord really, um, you know, the women's retreat, this is still part of the message that I preached about crossing over and been feeling it. And I really felt like the Lord was releasing women. Well, this morning in the prayer room, I just felt this thing come down that the Lord wants to release men in their faith where Paul charged Timothy to go and not shrink back in timidity. And I particularly feel this for men this morning, that the Lord really wants to do this message in you because it was the men that God sent out to spy the land. And so, you know, the women can't really do what they're doing until you do what you're supposed to be doing, right? So I just want to release that. Just like Paul released Timothy, charged him. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I just, women, put your hand toward these men. Yeah. Just charge you in the name of the Lord that you rise up and not shrink back from the call of God on your lives, that you would no longer, no longer shrink back and the timidity would be broken over you. You would begin to step up, step in to what God has called you to do. I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to step out now. No fear, no fear, no timidity in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just release that. Release that. Release it now. In Jesus' name, release it. Men, arise. Men, arise. Step in. Step in. Oh, that's so good. Feel that. You're being charged by the word of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord, to go and take the land. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great. What a good day. Well, we'd like to invite our ministry team up. Um, if you need prayer today for something that spoke to your heart today, if you need prayer for healing, we want to pray for you. So if ministry team could come up, y'all can come. Um, we'll keep music going for a little while. Um, and if you don't want to get prayer, you can be dismissed. Say hey to somebody on your way out. We are so glad you're here. Have an awesome week.